Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to another episode of Anything Goes. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. Well, I'm just coming back from a small vacation with my wife. We didn't go very far, obviously, with pandemic, but you don't usually have to go too far. It's just a break of the norm and somewhere different, something different to do. Um, thanks to the encouragement of uh, a comedian friend of mine, uh, I made sure to do my best to disconnect from social media um, and podcasting during the break. I really wanted to, but I chose not to. Uh, And it was good. It was good to separate away from everything. It's amazing how much we find that the world continues on despite whether we are involved in it or not. Not to say we shouldn't be, but sometimes, as I'm sure my listening audience is aware, it's good to disconnect from all the chaos at times, as much as you can, just to give your brain a chance to absorb and process and even just rest for a moment. It's not always possible, but when we can. And uh, I wanted to do a little thank you. Over the weekend, apparently we crossed a threshold um, on listeners and listening as far as how many times people have listened to the podcast and how many uh, listeners we've had and uh, also new listeners. So I wanted to say a quick hello and thank you to all of the countries who are listening in. Um, Obviously, hello to my listeners here in the U.S., Uh, to our neighbors up north in Canada. Hello to those of you listening in from the UK and Spain. Um, Bienvenidos. Gracias para visitar. Uh, To those in Sweden, thank you for listening in. Hello, meine Freunds, to those in Germany, Slovakia, India, and hello to you in Australia. Thank you all so much for listening in and for being a part of the uh, community here with Anything Goes. Also wanted to share a little bit of news with y'all. I am now available on another platform for podcast. Um, I just recently was placed on distribution on Apple Podcasts. So now you can hear my podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast, and Radio Public. And that list will keep growing as we keep growing this audience and I keep making podcasts. Um, That said, I'll go ahead and put it out here at the beginning. I'm always happy to have new supporters. And so if you happen to find yourself in a place where you can afford to do so and you would like to support... Uh, on my Anchor page, which would be anchor.fm 
forward slash Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, hyphen, Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N, and the number three. On that page, you can find a button for support or sponsor so that you can sponsor my podcast. You can do a monthly sponsorship of 99 cents a month, $4.99 or $9.99 a month. Anything larger than that, you can click that other button that says message and we can discuss that. Also, if you'd like to say hi, as some of you do, and thank you for doing that, um, you can hit that message button and send a quick hello. Or if you'd like to be considered or to talk to me about an idea for a podcast, um, you're welcome to do so. All of that said, um, I think we can move on to what I was interested in talking about. Well, I felt it important to do a little address on this as this has been something that has come up in American politics with our current president. Um, With me being a military veteran and having many friends who are veterans, um, I felt it important to talk a little bit about what it means to be a veteran and what what that requires, what that looks like. Uh, For me and for many others I've known who are veterans, Being a veteran is something we stand proud in for many reasons. Uh, Because of the sacrifice, because of the the choices we made that many did not, uh, because of the risk we put ourselves in and our lives. Um, And not just for those reasons, but for the camaraderie that we develop. Um, And I'll break those down a little more as we move into this. But I wanted to talk about this because recently our current uh, 45th uh, president made a comment that was, I I recently heard about coming back from the staycation, about him speaking about veterans as being losers and, I don't know, something to that extent, being losers and something else. Nothing positive. I'll leave it at that, on that regard. And so I thought it would be important to talk a little bit about that. I'm not going to get into a lot of specific details about my military experience as many things are not privy to the public. Um, Not to say that I was, you know, dealing with like secret alien ships or anything like that. But that is just the nature of what you do in the military. Sometimes things are just not allowed to be talked about yet. And then, you know, when they finally release paperwork, then, you know... But I digress. So I'll start with a little of my story as a connection to many other veterans I know who have had similar stories. And that is, for nearly all the veterans I've known, when they joined into the military, at least here in the US, I don't know how it would be in other places, um, you're young. While many of your friends were moving on to some sort of training or career that they maybe their family got them into a bit family business or they were going off to college for those of us who chose the military route uh, we left everything we knew we were young college was not where we were headed Um, everyone we knew everything that was familiar and comfortable to us we put behind us um, 
for something that we really didn't know entirely what we were getting into. And that's not a, um, that's not a slant on the military experience, but it's simply to say, these are the kinds of things, the decisions that were being made when people were joining, like myself. Uh, while my friends were going off to college and all these things, um, I was going into the military. While my friends, some of them may have been going off to college and doing the typical college thing, which was partying and, you know, going to school and classes and whatnot, um, I found myself in a position where my life was going to be put on the line and I was going to learn how to use weapons and tactics that I probably would have never had a reason to learn if I had remained on the civilian side. Now the reasons for going in were many different things, obviously for each veteran it is. Um, but I think the the things we put aside are, are similar. Uh, we, we say goodbye to family and friends um, and familiar places. Uh, we meet up with a lot of people we've never known coming from different places in the world, different walks of life, different experiences, and we're all thrust into an experience of chaos. And by that, what I'm talking about is when you go into basic training, um, when you're dealing with all the chaos of adjustment of going from civilian to military to all the breakdown and building you up that they put you through in basic. Um, and you, you find yourself in a community of people who are all in the same boat as you are, which is that you have no idea what you're doing, um, but you have similarities in that you can all speak to, you've left things you knew and, and all of this. Sometimes to get away from things that were not so great, sometimes just out of a sense of patriotism or what have you. Uh, in my case, it was, a, it was a sense of patriotism to some extent, yes. It was also coming up in a um, family who my, my aunts and uncles, aunt and uncles, were first generation born here. On my father's side, uh, my grandparents came from Mexico. Um, and if you trace back in our history, we go back to Spain, and there's still nobility in Spain of the house of Guzman and, and what have you. Um, but that was what I knew. And anyone who can relate to being an immigrant, and certainly if you've ever been an immigrant family here in the United States, you can probably relate to the challenges of what it is to be first and second generations born here and the things you may have to deal with and the opportunities or lack thereof that present themselves. And so for me, going into the military was also about trying to break out of what my family had and trying to do something new and to give myself, afford myself, the opportunity to do so. And this is true for many who went into the military, many veterans who I know is they were looking for opportunity, a chance to change their life, uh, the trajectory they had from what their past was. Um, 
And so that's something we had in common as we we're in basic is knowing that we wanted to do something. We wanted to learn something. We wanted to make our, our lives worth something, um, develop some skills, learn some skills that we could potentially use for the rest of our life, um, depending on what your training was, right? And so here we are in a situation with a bunch of people we don't know, all in a situation we're not familiar with, with no way to, you know, ask our moms or dads or friends to be there for us in that rough moment. You just have to, as we used in the military, suck it up and drive on. In other words, you just deal with it. And what's interesting is you learn about, uh, in the U.S. we've had this debate in culture about colorblind and what that means with regard to race. Um, but really, without being cliche about that phrase or using it in a politicized way, in the military, in basic training, we did learn to be colorblind um, or we just didn't make it in there because there were there were people coming from all over the place, people of different demographics, and we had to look each other at each other as, you have my back, I have yours, because we're all in this together. And there's something to be said about that, and there's something that you see in that. And I think that's why when you see veterans who are out of the military, there's this camaraderie that no matter what skin color you have, where you came from, you're a veteran, I'm a veteran, we respect each other. We're brothers and sisters because of that. We may not agree with each other, but we'll be there for each other. And that's something that we have as veterans. Um, you don't see that everywhere else. There's also something to be said about the experience of being put in harm's way especially if you've had to be in combat or you've been in theater where there is uh, warfare going on, your life very much, you are very much aware of the risk that your life is in. Um, and that's something that tends to bond people is having to go through difficult things like that. The, the familiarity of military culture is another thing, right? There's there's a, a multitude of ways by which you could say that there are reasons that veterans are proud about being veterans. Um, and when we come back, it's, you're not the same person anymore. You're, you know, you go in at 18, 19, 20, typically, even if you stay in for three years and you've been in intensive training, you've done well in it, you've pushed hard in what you've done, and especially if you've deployed, three years is like 10 years of accelerated growth because of the encounters you have, because of what you've been through, because of what you've survived. And so that's why for veterans, there is a pride we carry about what, what that title means. And there's a reason why we carry camaraderie with each other. And there is a reason why it is something to be proud of. As far as 
my friends I've known that are veterans and myself, it doesn't matter whether you've been in combat or not as a veteran. It doesn't matter whether you were in one military branch or another. We may give each other a hard time about it, and that tends to be a norm for military. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's really a problem. It's just what we do. Um, one of my family members served as a Marine, and he oftentimes calls me Dogface because that's what Marines refer to Army people as. And for Army, we oftentimes knew of Marines as being jarheads. Those are terms we use, but it's never said, at least in my experience, it's never been said as a true insult. It's just kind of poking fun at each other, and that's just how it was, how it is. Uh, but push comes to shove. You can count on a veteran. A veteran can count on another veteran. And those are things to be proud of. Because in a culture, and especially here in the country we I'm in, uh, with what's been going on lately, you don't see that. You don't see that kind of camaraderie, that kind of understanding, that kind of support. There are times we've seen that. For example, September 11th, which is coming up in a few days. That's a time where I can say we saw America as a whole unify. They, for a moment, our culture didn't care the color of one another, the faith of one another, the clothing, demographic, whatever. In that moment, people unified with each other. And that's something as veterans we know, because we are like that. Um, I have a wonderful photographer friend of mine who is also a veteran. We don't talk all the time, but we know that if we need to talk to one another about something, we're there. We may not even agree, but we're there. Um, and that's just how it is and it's a beautiful thing and so when we have the leader of a country our country saying that veterans are losers and th things such as that for me it doesn't offend me not because it isn't offensive but because it doesn't matter to me my validation as what I did as a veteran and the value of that doesn't come from whether or not a president sees it that way. Obviously, history has shown that some leaders will treat some groups worse or, or better. It is what it is. Um, certainly, as a veteran, I can say that our country, regardless of a president, has had problems with how they handle their veterans. But certainly as an educator, I can say that's also true. Uh, our country does not value the things I think that they ought to, such as educators and veterans and people who are doing the hard work, who are doing the work that many people, if not most people in this country, don't want to do, are afraid to do. And it's no slant at them. It's, it's not a job everyone can do. But because that's the case, there should be more respect. 
And so, for me, when I hear a president say that, is it sad? Yes. Is it disappointing? Yes. Does it change the value of who I am as a veteran or any of my fellow veterans? Not one iota. Because we know what we went through. We know what we had to fight for. We know what we've survived. We know what we had to sacrifice in order to get to where we are. I mean, the honest truth is also this. We're fortunate. Some of our brothers and sisters in the military never come back home. And so one can call us a loser if they wish to as a leader, but it should not change the value, nor does it. Um, it would not be anything new for a veteran to hear a leader say things that may, they, not, they may not agree with. If I were to have a, a, a large group of veterans before me and to ask a question by a show of hands, how many people have been, while they were serving in the military, had hesitations or did not agree with the policies of their commander-in-chief or those who made the policies that forced them to have to do certain jobs or actions. I could venture to bet that there would be many hands that would raise up. But we still did our jobs because we had to. And to that, I pair it with these other jobs. People who put their life on the line. People like who I mentioned before, family members and friends who work in medicine, in medicine uh, who deal with this pandemic on a daily basis. And regardless of what they may feel, they have to go back in there the next day and face it again and again. Uh, people who are working to uh, serve and protect those who are doing their job properly not those who are acting the fool. Um, they have to go in there day in and day out and still do their job, regardless of the fact that their life is on the line potentially at any time. Those, I mean, I would even put educators in there because ever since we've started having these school shootings that happen, now teachers have greater stresses. The stress of teaching the future minds and preparing them for what's to come. When we have no we don't have 100% accuracy on that, but we do our best to prepare them for what we think may be to come. And then on top of that, we have to fight for our jobs because of an archaic education system that um, forces schools to compete for federal funding and forces teachers to compete and to fight for rankings so that they can keep their job and the school keeps getting money um, for systems that uh, force teachers to have to now consider putting their life at risk for their children should a shooter come in uh, and now with a pandemic also having to consider that. So I would put educators right there with military, uh, hospital, um, 
first responders, all these different things as all being valuable positions, jobs in culture, in society, because it's a job that not everyone is willing to do or can do. And it's no shame to say that to those who don't, but it's simply to recognize these jobs should be respected and do have value. And what one leader has to say about it changes it not one bit. Because the reality of it is this. If that person who feels that way found themselves in need of medicine and medical help, they would hope that those people would not treat them based on their biases of that job, simply because they see them as a loser. If that was the case, they would never get medical help. No police officer would ever defend them as the law requires. No educator would ever give them the opportunities they should have. Um, and no military force would defend them. Let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> and so the greater thing one can do when these sorts of comments are made about these jobs, and certainly if you've been one, if you've been a veteran, as this is the topic of this one, as we used in the military, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> it's what we do. It was a value for me to share this because I think it's important for people to recognize there is much that goes into someone choosing to put their life on the line in the military. And for other first responder and frontline uh, people. And certainly even, as I've said, education. And there should be far more respect for those positions than there are. And there should also be training, as we've talked about with police force, because it is something that needs to be considered. Well, all of that being said, I would be remiss if I did not end this by what I feel a fitting way to do so. And that is first to say to my fellow brothers and sisters who served in the military, veterans, you don't need to hear it from me to know this, but I'm saying it anyways. I salute you, I thank you, and I value what you did, what you chose, what you sacrificed that many others did not. What you didn't get to do that maybe your friends were doing while you were out putting your life on the line in defense of your country. Thank you for your service. You are valued. It may not happen in culture as we would like or in society as we would like, but your value is not diminished because of that. And certainly your value is not diminished because of any particular leader who doesn't like you. You are of value and you always will be. And your sacrifice is never in vain. 
Thank you. And for those who have never served, that's fine. But please remember that when you encounter these people, say hello, say thank you, smile. You never know what sort of battles, what sort of scars within are still with them from what they did to defend you. And I will wrap this up by saying thank you for listening into the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to be an open ear and to be open-minded. And I'm going to end this with a moment of silence for those who never made it back home from their service in the military. Thank you for your service, and thank you for listening in, and we will see you on the next episode of Anything Goes.